to the book of First Peter. We're going to be in First Peter chapter 5 this morning. First Peter chapter 5. And the theme of today's sermon is set apart as God's flock. Set apart as God's flock. Very fitting that we would sing of the deep, deep love that Jesus has for us. We being a part of his flock. He being our shepherd. And that, that is the theme throughout 1 Peter chapter 5. He, he, is, he is addressing the elders, the shepherds, the pastors of the church. But he also takes time to address the sheep. Let's go ahead and read together the entire chapter, 1 Peter chapter 5. This is the end of the end of the letter. He writes, The elders who are among you, I exhort, I encourage. I am, I am, or I who am, a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. Nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Sylvanus, or Timothy, our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly, exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. She who is Babylon, elect together with you, greets you, and so does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Sorry, Sylvanus is Silas. I'm sorry, I made a mistake there. You'll probably never see or hear of a sheep being used in society as a pivotal means of survival or, uh, or safety or really meaningful symbolism. I mean, I mean, think about it. We don't have the Charlotte sheep, right? We have the Charlotte panthers, not the sheep. Um, when you think about uh, the Clemson sheep, does that ring an, an ear to you? No. It'd be the, the Clemson Tigers. You're talking about a fierce mascot. You're talking about a fierce animal. Uh, not so much when it comes to the sheep. They're not very fierce at all. They're not very intimidating at all. When it comes to national symbolism, you, you don't see on your currency uh, a sheep. You see an eagle. 
right? When it comes to safety, you never go into a person's property and see a sign posted, no trespassing, beware of the sheep. All right, they're they're not brave animals. They're not intimidating animals. They're 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 uh, they're fearful. They're timid. They're they're skittish, and they require a lot of care. They they require a lot of leadership. They require a shepherd. Now uh, I don't I don't tell this story to offend anybody today, but it reminds me of a story. There was a uh, there was a woman who was just sick and tired of hearing blonde jokes. And uh, she was so tired of it that she decided to dye her hair black. And so, and so after making this decision, she was satisfied with her new look. She, uh, she, she decides to, to take a ride out into the country. And, and, and she slows down at the sight of a shepherd leading, directing his flock across the street. And so she stops and rolls down her window and she yells out to the shepherd, Hey! If I can guess exactly how many sheep you have, can I have one of them? And the shepherd said, well, sure. (laughs) Take a stab at it. She says, you have 457 sheep. And the shepherd was taken back. (laughs) That's exactly the number of sheep uh, that, that he had. And, and he was amazed at her, at her advanced intelligence because she got the number right on first guess. And he said, you are free to one of my sheep. So she picks one up, puts it in the car. She's about to drive off when she hears a knock on the glass. It was the shepherd. He leans in and he says, hey, if I can guess what your, what your hair color really is, can I have my dog back? <laughs> You'll get it in a minute. <laughs> Who really needed the shepherd, the sheep or the blonde? <laughs> now, in all seriousness, the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep as portrayed in Scripture is one of the most heartwarming, touching, beautiful pictures in all of Scripture. It is a picture of genuine care. It is a picture of comfort. It, it is a picture of concern. It is, it is a picture uh, of compassion. It is a picture of carefulness. And, and so we read uh, in texts like the 23rd Psalm that says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not have any need. You, you read in the 95th Psalm, verse 7, that he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arm, he will gather his lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing use. Isaiah 53, verse 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned his own way. But the Lord has laid on him. Who is him? The chief shepherd, Jesus. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin of us all. One of my favorites, one of my favorites is found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. Jesus asks the question, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray... Does he not leave the 99 and go to and go into the mountainsides and, and, and find the one, the one sheep who is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices even more over that one sheep that was found than the 99 that did not go astray. Even so, it is the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should not perish. 
Such a precious relationship between the shepherd and his sheep. Sheep are very delicate animals, uh, and they require constant supervision. The thing about sheep is they, they lose their way easily. Um, uh, sheep, sheep uh, are, uh, they don't navigate well. You know, God, God uh, gave some animals the ability to find their way home. You know, like, like, like a pigeon or, or, or God, God, you know, some dogs can, can easily find their way home. Not so with sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. To, to guide them, to protect them, to rescue them, to provide for them, to even discipline them at times. One philosopher said, there, there is no way that the theory of evolution can prove true. There is no way that a sheep could have survived that process. <laughs> They're not the fittest. <laughs> and, and of course, you, you need to know this about sheep. If they are left alone to themselves, they not only get lost, but they can easily poison themselves. That's why it's important for a shepherd to lead them into a, a pasture that doesn't have poisonous plants because the sheep evidently will eat anything. They can also overeat. They can, they can get sick from infection. They can be subject to easy attack uh, and death. I'm so glad God made me a human being <laughs> and not a sheep. But then again, when I look into Scripture... When I think about the church, we are called a part of God's flock. We are called sheep. And he is our shepherd. Scripture, uh, Jesus likened people to sheep all the time. Um, he would call them stubborn. Jesus realized that people were, uh, they were, they were um, uh, disoriented. They were confused. They were unclean. They were lost spiritually. As a matter of fact, Jesus' heart was moved with compassion for, for, uh, for Jerusalem because they looked like sheep without a shepherd. He, he was moved with compassion for the crowds. Same, same thing that was said in Luke chapter 10. And that's what Peter uh, calls God's people here in chapter 5, the final chapter of this book. Now, now listen, being a sheep in Scripture, that is not a put down. Okay, So I don't want you to look at it that way. As a matter of fact, the reason that we are called sheep in this text primarily is because Peter is setting the bar high on what it takes for a shepherd to lead the sheep. It, it, is, a, it is a noble calling, and it's an, it's an emphasis in this text on the vital role of the shepherd caring for the sheep. Not just anybody can pastor. Not just anybody can shepherd. Not just anybody can be a leader of God's flock. Uh, but, but even as a shepherd of, of the church, shepherds are still a part of the flock too. I, I, I preach this text today with, with, with great fear and humility. Understanding. Understanding that the, the role that I have impacts you. And also the, the call of God that I have on my life to lead the sheep reflects reflects that calling but in the same way i realize that i'm just an under shepherd to the chief shepherd so i'm a part of his flock as well we're all sheep we're called in this together but what i want to do this morning and tonight is i want us to focus on being set apart as members of the flock of god and so this text gives us the role of a shepherd and the role of a sheep this text gives us some responsibilities okay some requirements this text gives us some riches some some rewards that are given to both the shepherd and the sheep and we're going to look at these points simultaneously they go hand in hand 
And, and so, so I pray that this message this morning and tonight will, will bless your heart, challenge your heart. And so we're going to look at one thing this morning. We're going to look at the role of the shepherd and the role of the sheep. Okay? The role of the shepherd and the role of the sheep. And so we're going to start with the shepherds. It says in verse, uh, verse 1 of, of chapter 5, The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you serving as overseers. The shepherd has a unique calling. We'll start there. The shepherd has a unique calling. First, first Peter uh, says, I exhort the elders. I encourage the elders. I'm speaking directly to the elders. Now, now, this is not your chance to zone out. You need to understand this so that you can hold your shepherds accountable. Right, so that you can also be reminded to pray for your shepherds, uh, and also at the same time um, understand what that what that role is. It's not often that that um, I, I preach on the role of the shepherd, the part that I have. Usually, I, I, I deflect to someone else to preach so that I can be fed with the word of God. But I felt led differently today because 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 this is a very important text to the shepherds and those who are called to be shepherds and those who may be called to be shepherds did you know that three different words are used to describe the pastor in this text uh, three different words uh, there, there's the word elder there's the word bishop there's the word pastor okay and, and so let's start with the first the, the word elder we get our word Presbyterian from the word elder. And it means someone who is older. It means someone who is wiser. Just because you're old doesn't mean you're wise. <laughs> and just because you're wise doesn't mean you're old. But he's talking to those who are mature. Okay? Verse 2, he uses the word overseer or bishop. And, 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 and that's where we get the word episcopal. Okay? And, and so that means he's an overseer. Looking over, a, a leader, uh, uh, he, he's a bishop. And then the next word is the word pastor or shepherd, used also in verse 2. Now, in this text, the word shepherd is used as a verb, but it's also used as a noun. Pastors are told to shepherd the flock. That is a verb. Okay, but then, but then he refers to the chief shepherd, all right, uh, which, is a, which is a person, Christ. Now, here's what I want you to pay attention to. Those three words are used to describe one person, all right? He uses all three words to describe the calling, uh, the, the role of the shepherd. An elder means he is a mature man. A, a bishop means that he is a responsible man. A shepherd means that he is a serving, a ministering man, a pastor, a provider for the flock, for the sheep, Pastors have a great responsibility, a unique calling, a great role in God's church. They are called to shepherd, verb, shepherd the flock. Now, what do they do? Shepherds feed the flock. Now, now I read this text and preach this text with humility, understanding that this calling is not something to take lightly, to waste. It's not a, it's not a job, 
Okay, it's not, as we read, about selfish gain. It's not about selfish glory. It is a calling, a divine calling from the Lord with shepherding responsibility, uh, with a shepherding role. His role is to faithfully feed the flock through the preaching, the teaching, and the living of the Word of God. But he's also not just to preach to the flock. He's also to protect the flock. And the reason that I preach... It's so that you will be protected, so that you will know the Word of God. Understanding that there are people on the outside of the flock that want to spoil what you have. There are also people who find their way into the flock who want to discourage or disrupt or ruin what you have in Christ. They want to divide the church, hurt the church. Remember the context of 1 Peter. You've got very vulnerable believers who are being persecuted for their faith. And and, and listen, it would be easy if you are being hurt or punished or beaten or even dying for the faith, it would be very easy to give in to some sweet voice who wants to take you under their wing, who wants to show you a different way or a new way. A real shepherd protects his sheep from thieves and threats. Sometimes the shepherd... Uh, sometimes the sheep doesn't like it when they are corrected. Sometimes the sheep don't like it when they are rebuked or called to walk differently or are taken from one pasture to the next. But the shepherd, the pastor, is faithfully looking out for those that were entrusted into his care. A shepherd feeds the flock something that is good and healthy. Oftentimes, A shepherd goes before his sheep, and what he'll do is he'll search out the land so that he sees that everything is safe. He understands before the sheep go into this pasture that that there are no predators so that they won't be prey. He looks out into 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 the pasture, and he wants to make sure that nothing harms the flock. So a shepherd checks for snakes. Can't stand snakes. I may not protect you from a physical snake. (laughs) He also is looking for pits, something that could harm the sheep, injure the sheep, kill the sheep. Looking for poisonous plants, unhealthy food, looking for dangerous animals. So it is with the shepherd's role to faithfully feed the flock. Well, how how do we best feed the flock? With the word of God. Now, folks, just from my heart to yours, this is the single most important thing. What we're doing right now, this is the single most important thing that a pastor does. That is to rightly divide, preach, teach the Bible to you. I find it very important to minister to you. And I love, I absolutely love being there for you. I love that element of the ministry, being with the people, being among the people. But I realize that every time we're in this place, it is my responsibility to preach the word, but not just preach the word, but to preach the word right. Okay, I I don't come here to share my opinion. And I don't come here to share uh, or to entertain you. And I, I don't come to tell you necessarily what you want to hear. And I'm certainly not here to be your favorite preacher because I realize many of you have other preachers that you would rather hear. But it is my calling, my heart, my joy to preach the word and do it well, to do it right. That is the role of a shepherd. It is the pastor's role, the shepherd's role. It is a unique calling, but it also comes with a unique challenge. 
There are two challenges here to notice. They, they feed the flock, but they also fight for the flock. Verse 2 says to shepherd the flock. What does that mean? Sometimes it was necessary for a shepherd to seek out a wayward sheep or a lost sheep and to give it personal attention. Now, folks, I want, to hear, I want you to hear my heart today, and I want you to hold me accountable to this. My calling is not to draw a crowd. Do you understand that? And I never want to be a pastor or a preacher who is obsessed with or primarily concerned with the crowd. All right? I want to be a pastor who loves the individual, who is there for the individual members of the flock. And you hold me accountable to that. I don't want the church to be an idol or an obsession, but always a great group of people that I get to minister to and alongside of and to love. And I I look at Jesus and I look at the apostle Peter as examples. Jesus did preach to crowds, but Jesus always had time for the sheep. Notice that in John chapter 3. He has a one-on-one conversation with Nicodemus, a Pharisee. John chapter 4, Jesus had time for the woman at the well. And and Mark chapter 5, Jesus intentionally goes to a demoniac and and delivers him. And, and, and And then think about the time that he spent with Peter, James, and John, like on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17. And then we read here in verse 1, Peter says to, to the elders, he says to them individually but collectively, he says, I'm one of you. I'm a, I'm a fellow pastor. I'm a fellow elder. You know what he doesn't do? Peter doesn't, doesn't come off as superior. He, he doesn't say, I'm Peter the Great. Apostle, bow down to me. He, he says, I'm a fellow elder. I'm one of you. Notice that, notice that in verse 1. I am who a fellow elder and a witness. I'm an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker of the glory which will be revealed. So are you. I'm talking to you. Think about this. By the time that Peter wrote this letter, he would have been an elite guy. All right, understand this. Peter was fairly famous. And here's why. He was one of the originals. Okay? He was one of the last surviving disciples who was actually with the Lord Jesus. Okay? Sometimes you can be famous by affiliation. All right? Uh, uh, you know, no, everybody knows, you know, uh, someone like Michael Jordan. And, and people know their children, his children, because He's Michael Jordan, right? You've heard up. When it comes to to the Lord Jesus, people knew who Peter was because of the Lord Jesus. He was with the Lord Jesus. And it would have been tempting for Peter to say, look at me, revere me, serve me. But instead, what does he do? He he comes across as a fellow elder, a fellow laborer in, in the Lord, one who comes off as a witness of Christ. He says, I am a personal witness of the sufferings of Jesus. That's special. He says, yes, I was with him in the ministry. That's why this word is so precious because because Peter, when he talks about suffering, he has seen suffering in a totally different perspective. 
He had literally watched the Savior of the world bleed and die on a cross for the sins of humanity. He saw the resurrected Lord. So so when he writes to people about their suffering, Peter gets it. He said, "I, I was with Jesus in his ministry and I saw all that he went through, but I join you, fellow laborers, preachers, pastors, shepherds, in the reality that we have the same role. We have a unique calling. We have a unique challenge. And and the reason that he's writing to them is because he cares about them. He cares about them individually. And that is so personal to me today. Okay, I'm not a person who who desires fame or who desires glory. I I, I just await the glory to come as Peter talks about. That's what I'm looking forward to with my Savior Jesus Christ. Peter's challenge was and is the same challenge for pastors today, for shepherds today, to remember their role. So I should be the one in the seat right now saying, Peter, remember your role. Understand your role. My role is not to be your hero. My role is not to be your answer. My role is not to be your refuge. My role is not to be your healer. My role is not to be a celebrity or a community figure. My role is not primarily to be your friend, even though I regard all of you and love you all as my friends in the Lord. My role is not to be known. I don't want to ever be the point of discussion at your your dinner table. Okay? And I don't ever want to be the choice in the reason you come to church or you don't come to church. All right? And believe me, that happens. People come and they go with their preachers. And and, and people say, well, I can't go to that church anymore. Brother so-and-so ain't pastor anymore. He's not the preacher anymore. Well, I, I ain't coming anymore because he's not leading the way. I got news for you. I ain't that good and I already know it. All right? And, 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 And listen, listen. You come to this fellowship because you love the Lord, the chief shepherd, because he led you, not because a personality is here or a pastor is here, because one day, here's the reality, folks, one day I'm not going to be here anymore. And some of you say amen to that. It's been eight years, but the church, you will be here. You will be here. And I'm not worthy of a following. And that's what Peter says here. If you're following me, and I'm, I'm thinking about me and Sean, if you follow me or Sean or anybody else, you're not following Jesus. And so Peter puts himself alongside with those other shepherds. That's why he wrote, he wrote verse 1, I am just a shepherd. I am just one of you. I am just an elder, a bishop, and a pastor. And I follow the chief shepherd. Okay, to remind the shepherds of their unique challenge, their unique, uh, their unique calling. They're to love their people and be personal. They're to care about the sheep. They love a large group, but they also love individuals in that large group. And, and folks, from my heart to yours, I love serving the sheep at Midway. It, it is my joy. It is my heart. And, and, and listen, if I haven't gotten to know you yet, just give me some time. All right, I, I, I will. Their challenge, though, was to be personal. Their challenge was to be protective. You know, sometimes a shepherd would have to break his sheep, literally break his sheep to get them back on track. 
and he may have to physically carry a sheep to where they were going. And they were at times, um, at the end of the day, the shepherd would come alongside of his sheep and he would have to examine his sheep, every single one of them. And so, and so uh, he, would, he would anoint their bruises with oil. And the shepherd would remove briars and, and, and debris from their wool. And then shepherds would also know each sheep individually. And so it was his role, it was his unique calling, it was his unique challenge to protect the sheep, but also to provide for the sheep. And then there's this also other unique thing that goes with the role of a shepherd. They have a unique consecration. I, I want for you to understand, this, this is uh, this about a, a shepherd of God's flock. They are set apart. A pastor is set apart to be different in how they live, but also in who they are. They are not the same as that of the world. And, and so I want you just for a moment to, to, flip, um, to flip back. Flip back to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. If you ever want to know what a pastor is supposed to be like, you need to know his requirements, you need to know his qualifications, what his role is. Take a look at 1 Timothy 3. The Apostle Paul said, This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, there's that word shepherd, elder, pastor, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate. Okay, temperate means uh, uh, wineless, but it also means alert, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil." If you go over to the book of Titus, take just a short right turn to Titus chapter 1. You also see a similar, similar calling to the elders. Uh, same, same ones. Paul's writing to a different group of people, but literally the same things. For this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination. For a bishop must be blameless... As a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. I want you to understand this. A shepherd is not perfect but they are called and consecrated to be different. And, and, the, and here's the thing about you. The church, this church, 
deserves and needs leaders who are unashamed of their faith in Jesus Christ, who are uncompromising in their character, who are, who are unconditional in their care for the church family, who are unwavering to preach and teach the word of God and defend when necessary. And they are understanding of their roles at home with their church and with their community and society. So church, I can't and I won't shy away uh, uh, from, from this request for you today. I covet and need prayers from this fellowship with all my heart. Sean and I both, we don't take what we do lightly, nor is this something we necessarily signed up for or aspired to be uh, as a child. In middle school and high school, you know, there are all kinds of things that, 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 that were on my list to go after. Being a pastor wasn't one of those things, but it's my calling, and it's what I was created to do. And there's nothing that I want to or would rather do. I love pastoring the flock, but I do understand there's a unique consecration in that role. Pray that we will take it seriously. Now, I've spent time talking about the role of a shepherd. I want to close today by beginning to talk about the role of the sheep. There are two things that I want to bring out to you about the role of the sheep. Understand my time is short, and I, and I promise I promise to dive into this text um, tonight in regards to the church. I spent enough time talking about the shepherd. The heat's off of me for a moment, and we're going to put it on you. All right? There, there, there are roles, responsibilities for, for the church. And here's a couple of things I want you to note describing your role as sheep in the church. This goes for me as well because I am a sheep. All right, I follow the chief shepherd. The first role that you have is you are the flock of God. You belong to the flock of God. That, that is who you are. And, 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 don't, be, and don't, don't shy away from that. Be proud of that. Be thankful for that. Because he says in the last part of verse 2, or first part of verse 2, shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd the flock of God. Your primary role as a part of his church, is that you belong to Jesus. You belong to God. That you remember what your identity is. You are redeemed for the Lord's sake. You are gifted and equipped and empowered by the Spirit of God to serve as a church. But you are the church. You are sheep. You are the love of Christ's life. To the point that he would give his life. Okay, you are the ones he came for and bled for and died for and purchased you with his own blood. You are the flock of God. So don't, don't forget and don't, don't, don't minimize who you are. You say, well, I don't, I don't like being called a sheep. You certainly don't want to be a wolf. I want to be a sheep. If that means that I'm saved, if that means I belong to the Lord, my, my, my chief shepherd, which leads me to the second role, you're the flock of God, but you're also to follow the chief shepherd. Did you get that? You don't follow just a, a pastor, a shepherd. You follow primarily the chief shepherd. Verse 4, just take a look at verse 4. It says, when the chief shepherd appears, there's more to it than that. I know that this is specifically for um, shepherds who are leading the church, but, but Peter calls Jesus the chief shepherd. We're going to discuss some responsibilities, some requirements of the sheep and the shepherds tonight, but 
as a leader in the fellowship, a pastor is an under-shepherd to the chief shepherd, the good shepherd. The, The writer of Hebrews calls him the great shepherd. This is all about Jesus. The church is to delight in following Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 18, he, he talked about the special relationship that, that, that he, the shepherd, had with the sheep. And, and he, says, he says, I laid down my life for the sheep. The shepherd knows his sheep. The sheep know him. Jesus said that they follow his lead. They know his voice. Uh, they, they, go, they don't go along with you know, the, the rest of the crowd. They follow the shepherd. They follow the shepherd. They follow his lead. And, and folks, folks, uh, there could be far worse things that we could be called than sheep. Sure, they're troubled animals, and sure, they're sometimes clueless, and sometimes they're rebellious and stubborn and easily off track and can't tend to themselves, but they are deeply loved. The sheep are set apart. The sheep are cared for by the chief shepherd. And their role, look at this, their role is to follow his lead, to know Christ to stay in step with the shepherd, to trust in the shepherd. And the psalmist in Psalm chapter 23, probably the most well-known passage of Scripture in all of the Bible, the psalmist, the psalmist talks about the benefits of falling in step with the shepherd as a sheep. When we follow the chief shepherd, Christ, we don't have another need. Think about that. All of our needs are provided for. When we follow the chief shepherd, we find eternal rest. When we follow the chief shepherd, we experience true eternal restoration. When we follow the shepherd, we get to walk in and live in righteousness. When we walk with the shepherd, when we follow the chief shepherd, we have no fear, the psalmist said, because the shepherd protects us. He is with us. He gives us victory over our enemies. As a matter of fact, we have a table with the chief shepherd in the presence of our enemies. He takes care of us. And here's the best thing. When we follow the chief shepherd... We dwell in his presence forever. His goodness and his mercy flows from our lives. Don't you want that? What a blessing. What a privilege. What a, what a role to have in the church. You say, well, I'm just a, I'm just a dumb sheep. <laughs> no. You are a redeemed, loved, cherished precious child of God who has been died for, who was raised to life for, who was brought into the family, the flock of God. Understand today what Christ did for you so that you could be in the flock. Understand what he's calling you to be a part of and know and understand what joy is on the other side of the door. When it comes to the sheep or the shepherd belonging, the sheep belonging to the Christ, the shepherd, the cheap shepherd. Now, here's the thing about a sheep. A sheep comes to a place where he has to surrender. She has to surrender. She has to submit to the leadership of the shepherd to be saved. If you're going to be a sheep, 
You have to follow the chief shepherd. That is our role, and there is no greater role. Sure, you have gifts. Sure, you have talents. Sure, you have ministries. Sure, have, you have your thoughts and your perspectives and your opinions and your gifts to bring to the church. I get it. But the greatest role that you have is to be a follower of the chief shepherd, Christ, and to give your life to him and allow him to dictate your steps. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for for allowing us to be a part of the flock, the family of God. I pray, Lord, that um, I'm just going to step aside from my prayer and pray my own prayer. I pray, God, that our church would value such a statement, would understand what it took to be a part of the flock to be a sheep who, who grazes in the pasture of our, of our Savior, your Son, Jesus. With our hearts today, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to praise and thank you for allowing us to be a part of your family. John chapter 10, Jesus said that he laid down his life for the sheep. You literally laid in the doorway and took a beating, paid the penalty for our sins, took on the worst that the enemy could offer, that our humanity could offer, that our flesh could offer, and gave your life as payment, ransom for the flock. I pray we would understand deeper today what that means. When I say I'm a part of the church, I'm not talking about being a part of a building. I'm talking about I am a part of the redeemed of the Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, I thank you. For we were not worthy in the least to be a part of your flock. You could have left us on the mountainsides and in the pits. You could have left us vulnerable to the enemy's attack. You could have left us in our rebellion and our wandering. Israel is often called sheep, wayward sheep, disobedient sheep. Like them, we could have been left to just deal with ourselves, to figure things out ourselves, and we would have never come to relationship with God. I praise you and thank you, O Jesus. For laying down your life for the sheep and for going after that one. Lord, there was a time that we were the one. There were 99 others who were safe, but there was the one. And there had been a, there's been a time in our lives where we were the one that you pursued, that you loved that you went after, that you cleaned up, that you put on your back, that you redirected, that you lovingly and graciously allowed in your fold. What grace? God, help us to be thankful today and understand deeper what it means to be a part of the flock. We are precious. We are loved. We are adored. 
We're not just part of a building or a program or a, or a minute. We, we, are, we are a part of the family of God by the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Lord, I, I, I want to thank you today for pastors all over the world today. There are shepherds who are preaching to flocks all across who are loving their flocks and ministering to their flocks. And I thank you today for the shepherds. I have benefited and I'm great, grateful for the shepherds who have been in my life For my own father who loved me and told me about Jesus throughout my childhood. He was not just my father. He's my shepherd. I'm thankful for men that I've I've literally served underneath. And and, and have grown with and have tried to encourage and and, and walk with. And and I understand what it's like to to be in the role of sheep. But I also understand what it's like to be a shepherd. And I I know it's like to serve underneath someone who has the role, the responsibility of a shepherd. I've walked into an office before and saw a senior pastor weeping over the condition of his people. Praying for his people. Wanting to find a way to encourage and lead his people. Thank you, Jesus, for the shepherds of the church thank you God for men of God who who are called to lead the flock for it was a shepherd who led me to Christ I'm thankful for the shepherds and I pray for the shepherds I pray for our fellow brothers and sisters across this county and across this state and this nation and across the world who have the same calling and some of those shepherds are exactly what Peter was talking about when he talked about suffering for the cause of Christ. There are shepherds who are literally dying, dying for their sheep, dying for the glory of Christ. I pray that we would pray for our shepherds, that we would submit to and follow the lead of our shepherds. I, for one, Lord, am thankful for the men who have led me in my life who have loved me, who have served and have shared and have shown me a little about what is it about to be a shepherd. And God, finally, I thank you for being our chief shepherd and for inviting us into the fold. And I pray for the church today that we would follow with joy your lead. It isn't about what I want or what the people here. It isn't about that. We are here to follow the chief shepherd. And it is with joy, it is with joy that we follow you. God, I love you. And I'm so glad and I'm thankful and I renew my heart to you today. I've done it multiple times. This morning I renewed my heart to you. Right now I renew my heart to you. I thank you, God, for being my chief shepherd. And I just want to be obedient. I just want to follow you. And I just want God to please you with the life that you have given me and the life I have left. I, I want you to be known throughout my life. And I pray that is the heart of this fellowship today as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Tammy, if you don't mind, come to, to um, just play for a moment. And if God is leading your heart and burdening your heart today to respond to this message, I, I just want to ask you today to, to be a be. And, and here's here's the twofold invitation when it comes to being a part of God's flock. One one is, am I part in the sense of have I given my heart to Jesus? That is the way in. All right, but on the other side of things, 
God may be intentionally calling you to be a part of the flock of God here at Midway too. So there's a two-pronged invitation here. God may be leading to be a part of his family through salvation. God may be leading you to be a part of his church here. There, there, there may be something else on your heart today that needs to be, to be lifted up to the Lord. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to the word of God today. You be obedient as you come. And God bless you for it.